Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libricularist. Today, my friends, is Buck Bowen. When you tell your friends about this, and I goddamn know you will because I have faith in you, you're really going to want to hit those bees in both Buck and Buck Wednesday. Something I say at the top of every show to cover my ass like so very, very much underwear is a spoiler warning. With regards to this book, I am going to spoil the living bejesus out of it, so please consider that your one and quite possibly only spoiler warning. I have yet to have a complaint that my spoiler warnings are insufficient to the task of warning of spoilers, so that's a good thing. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million pounds sterling. Yeah. (laughs) Only payment I ask is perhaps... You pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, as that is what helps others find the podcast. Uh, That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related goodness, which is today's sponsor, which is, which is, which is, McZombolds, Le Cerveau Burger. Once again, today's sponsor is the new Hamburger from McZombolds, and it is Le Cerveau Burger. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's Book Bow Wednesday episode, a Book Bow Wednesday episode in which I have brought back a, uh, a novel, a very novel novel in the sense that I have never heard of anything or read anything like this before. In some senses, in some senses, it is following quite closely other things. Why don't I just say what I am talking about? And that is Apocalypse Cow. (sighs) Apocalypse, followed by the word cow. You understand, of course, when I say that, that that is a title that I could not resist. So, good on you. Michael Logan, who is the author of said novel. <laughs> there was, uh, on the cover page of this book, something that I... I've never done this before, but I could not resist. There was a, a little, under the title, sort of... I don't know what you would call it, a blurb, or a little descriptor. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Anyways, it was, Forget the cud, they want blood. <laughs> So that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea what you are in for when it comes to Apocalypse Cow. It was, this is another thing I wrote down that I have never really, I don't think, written down anything like this before. It was the joint winner of the Terry Pratchett Anywhere But Here, Anywhere But Now prize, which is a award that uh, I guess Terry Pratchett gives out yearly, pretty sure yearly, to newish authors 
for works that take place on Earth, but in sort of an alternate universe kind of idea. That was sort of the blurb I, I read about this award. That's kind of the gist that I took away from it. For example, in this novel, it takes place in an alternate Scotland, the closest non-born in Canadian uh, relative I have would be uh, my grandfather on my mother's side who was born in Scotland. So that's probably, if I had to identify myself as anything other than Canadian, I'd probably go Scottish just because it's um, my closest relative that was not born in Canada and I'm cheap and I like to drink. So, you know. All of those things. Anyways, uh, it takes place in Scotland where, rather than a zombie apocalypse, we are faced with a animal zombie apocalypse that erupts forth, uh, first and foremost, in the form of, you guessed it, cows. So, picture a cow. These are what probably many people are not aware of, myself included, dangerous animals quite often placid, but if they want to hurt you and have it in their mind to do so, despite the fact if they're zombies or not, they can quite easily do so. So imagine that powerful force of thousands of pounds of meat and muscle, but then zombified, and uh, you're in for a bad time. This uh, book is interesting in that I would say it has three separate protagonists that we kind of check in with from time to time, and we'll get the story from each of their points of view. Uh, the first one we're introduced to is Geldof Scabby Peters. Scabby being a nickname and not a given name. He is Scabby because despite the fact that he is allergic to hemp, his hippy-dippy mother forces him to wear hemp as, well, she's a hippie. He is also a vegan because of this woman, this crazy, crazy woman. Why doesn't the dad step in and maybe put his foot down? Well, he is in a constant state of being high and is, for the most part, almost not existing in this universe because of his constant smoking of pot. So, that's Geldof and what he's dealing with uh, pre-apocalypse. He is a math genius, uh, an excessive masturbator, <laughs> Uh, and just sort of your social outcast is kind of a way you could look at him. Maybe a, a dusting of Asperger's is kind of how I was thinking of him. Then, we meet up with Leslie McBrien. McBrain. McBrien? McBrain. M-C-B-R-I-E-N. McBrain? McBrien. Doesn't matter. Leslie, we'll call her. She is a journalist. A, a quote-unquote, not very good one. She's got some serious daddy issues. Her father, also a journalist, very, very well respected in the journalistic community. So she's trying to live up to his expectations and quite unsuccessfully. She's got a bit of a temper. She's a bit of a spitfire, that one. She's got moxie and I like it. I did like the arm gesture when someone says that. She's got moxie and I like it swinging fist arm gesture. You, you know the one I mean. I hope. At the newspaper she works at, there are, I assume, several good journalists, including one who treats her with no respect and at one point says, can you uh, answer my calls, dollface, while I'm out to work? 
the jerk. She intercepts a call that a virus has been leaked. <laughs> a virus that uh, sort of exploded onto the scene in a abattoir, which is a fancy name of saying a sort of meatpacking company where cows go in and they don't come out. One of those, one of those dealies. Working at this abattoir is a man by the name of Terry Border, cow killer extraordinaire. He um, stinks. Yeah, smells bad. Mm -hmm. As you do. The company I used to work at several years ago was probably, I'm going to go 500 yards away from uh, a place such as this. And in the summertime, occasionally you would get the wafting of that smell. And it is, I, I, I'm sure you get used to it eventually working there, but my God, it's just one of the rankest stinks you'll ever smell in your life. So he was here, he was working when the sort of shit hit the fan, and uh, one of the cows that he thought he had killed came back to life suddenly. Uh, a stampede was caused during this commotion, and he got uh, knocked out. I guess luckily knocked out, because everyone else who worked there was killed in the stampede and ensuing fire, the fire that was created by um, a Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, who works for, and this is the sort of, a bit of a spoiler, but I guess it's introduced pretty early on, Mr. Brown, who works for the government, the government who was the one who was experimenting with this virus that would infect animals that could be sort of let loose on a population. Hmm, not good. So Mr. Brown set fire to this abattoir in order to kind of cover the tracks. Part of said covering of tracks apparently involved uh, taking this knocked out Terry Border, uh, taking him to the secret facility and uh, keeping him hostage. So that's not good. Also, in that same sort of vein, this evil bespectacled Mr. Brown, who's one of those uh, sort of doesn't look very imposing, but could kill you with a blink of an eye kind of guys. Uh, what I was picturing was, if you've ever seen the movie Sin City, and I hope you have, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Tobey Maguire? Is it Tobey Maguire? Am I getting that right? Anyways, there is a guy in that who is bespectacled and kind of not very imposing looking, but is murderously murderous because he, through his deductive killer ways, learned that Leslie, the journalist, had intercepted this story, captured her as well. The bastard. So, both Leslie and Terry are captured by this dude, and with the help of one of the scientists who created this virus, eventually escape. Good on them. The scientist who is sort of having a uh, crisis of conscience, conscience decides that she wants the story spread, and she wants to hopefully make up for a little of the evil she has unleashed on the UK, because this is a virus that spreads fairly quickly among the animal population. I assumed that uh, it was just going to be relegated to cows, however, somewhat quickly learn that it's any kind of mammal, four-legged, that can get it. So uh, that causes, you know, dogs, cats to be zombies and want to bite and kill you. And uh, something very, very interesting that they decided to do in this book is that 
the virus is transmitted as it normally is, through, you know, bites and scratches and salivas. However, it is also sexually transmitted, which, as you can imagine, led to some very, very interesting scenes. <laughs> For example, a bull raping a guy. Yeah, mm-hmm, that happened. Terry decides that, with Leslie, the only sort of safe spot they can get away from this brown character would be to hole up with his cousin. His cousin, who just so happens to be Geldof's neighbor. Yeah, Geldof's neighbor. Geldof's neighbor, who is living with Geldof because uh, their dog went zombified and they had to all hold up together, which most people are either dead or holed up in their homes at this point. Uh, a lot of the scenes, especially early scenes, had a feel of a movie called Black Sheep, which if you've ever seen Black Sheep, you will know what I'm talking about. Basically, it is a movie in which sheep are zombified. Mm, yes, that happened in a movie. I have that movie. Uh, they go quite a while held up with Geldof, his crazy hippie parents, Terry, Leslie, his cousin, who uh, loves to eat meat, so this fact that meat is attacking and he is holed up with vegans means his lack of meat intake is slowly driving him insane, along with his twin boys, who are uh, mean and evil, basically, if you want to boil it down, along with that scientist who was going to break the scoop uh, that the government was the one who unleashed this uh, zombified animals on the world. The uh, entire UK has been cut off from the rest of the world by this point. It's been uh, days, I think three or four days, when eventually Mr. Brown, using his resources and cunning and killer-like ability, has tracked them down. Unfortunately, at this point, Geldof's mom has been killed in a supermarket raid killed by pigs, which, being a vegan, there's it's just sort of dripping with irony that a vegan who would never harm a pig is then killed by pigs. I like it. Terry's cousin is then shot up by Mr. Brown in the escape along with the twins. This is uh, sort of at this point where Geldof's father has sort of come out of his drug-induced stupor and we learn that he was actually in the army and turns out to be a bit of a badass when he's not totally high on drugs. So he comes up with the plan that they're going to make their way towards the channel, the channel, which is a channel tunnel between, um, between the UK and uh, France. Yeah, one of those. One of those miracles of modern engineering Along the way, they are, of course, pursued by Mr. Brown. Uh, if you could not tell, I'm trying to get this done on my way to work, so on my way home, I can polish off my Grand Theft Auto V review and get that all good and ready as well, so. Hence the slight degree of rushing, just fly, or FYI, if you prefer. Uh, along the way, they uh, see uh, burning bodies, both animal and human, and uh, everything's kind of shit has hit the fan in your typical apocalypse style. The army is there to protect people, but also there is fear among the ranks that people can also potentially 
if this virus mutates, be infected as well. So that's not good. A zombified animal zombies infecting humans with their disease that makes you incredibly horny because it is sexually transmitted. Who gets this virus, you might ask? Well, <laughs> Mr. Brown does. Yeah, so he's already hot on their heels because he doesn't want this story to escape, and then eventually becomes infected and is hot on their heels for the reason of not letting the story escape, and that he wants to rape them. Uh, so, this, this, this book is pretty fucked up, basically. It is surprisingly... Uh, it swings between both very, very dark things and then very, very comedic things, which, as you can imagine, if you listen to many of my podcasts, uh, right up my alley. I think I want to leave this talk with just a few final pin notes. One is they eventually make their way to a camp, a sort of refugee camp, which is then quickly overrun by cows, cows that are on fire because the military has been burning them in order to kill them. However, that's sort of a, when you're a zombie, being on fire can be a bit of a slow death, especially when you're a cow. So picture, if you will, a stampede of cows. Picture, if you will, a stampede of zombie cows. Picture, if you will, a stampede of zombie cows on fire. Folks, <laughs> that is one of the craziest things I've ever pictured, and I love it. I think potentially even the title of this episode may be Stampede of Zombie Cows on Fire, because that, if, if, if there's ever going to be a title that pulls you in, it will be that, I think. Uh, I should give out my rating as I do. Um... I debated giving it a 5, but I don't think I will, because, uh, what reason? It, it didn't... The writing was good, don't get me wrong, but I, I kind of, for books, save fives for when I'm reading a book and I just can't put it down. Whereas this, uh, I could put it down. <laughs> so that makes as much sense, I think, as anything that I say on this friggin' thing. But, uh, yeah, for that reason, it's going to get a 4. Very, very good. If you like combining comedy and darkness and zombies and crazy shit like that, you will like this. You will like this. I didn't really even get into their escape through the tunnel or their living happily ever after, did they? Who made it through alive? Who died along the way? Uh, I'm not going to say too, too much more than I already did, or at all more than I already did, because I'm at work. Which means this mission of getting it done, get it done, as a horrible comedian would say, is accomplished. Thank you for listening. Coming up tomorrow is my Extendo Grand Theft Auto edition of my video games day. So uh, look forward to that with breath, perhaps even bated breath. That will leave one final thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice. To be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. 
And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.